Hello and welcome to this episode of the ASGCA Podcast Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. This series features conversations with those making a positive difference in the golf industry. We look at the challenges being faced and talk to the people working to meet those challenges head on. Giving us his insights today is Tom Marzoff. Tom is a past president of the American Society of Golf Course Architects and has been part of the Fazio Golf Course Designers team for more than 35 years. In that time, he has designed or led remodel projects on some of the game's most famous courses, including Greenbrier, TPC Myrtle Beach, Oakmont, Marion, Firestone, Riviera Country Club. Overall, Tom has served as consulting architect for 17 USGA and PGA championships. Tom, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure to be with you today. Tom, I invite you here today to talk about what is one of the most popular items that exists on the ASGCA website, the life cycle chart. You know, you had a lot to do with the creation of that. So can you explain a bit about the chart itself and the history of its development? Thank you, Mark. The life cycle chart is a tool for existing golf courses to understand how the parts of a golf course age over time and need to be repaired. It's a very simple chart with a column on the left that lists all the infrastructure items of a golf course, greens, bunkers, irrigation systems, cart paths, tees, etc. And then on the other side of the column is the likely life cycle. How long would we expect the infrastructure parts to last? And when would you be thinking about replacing these items? So this is a very simple tool that was put together to help golf courses understand the need and the timing of replacement of existing features. The history of this chart uh, started in 2005. Um, I had the opportunity to help out at ASGCA and serve as an officer and was president that year. And the membership decided to put together this life cycle chart and share our knowledge of infrastructure with the game. At that time, we put together the items on this chart, the age ranges on this chart, and then we tried to share this with our friends in the Allied Associations of Golf to see what they thought, get their opinions, ask them the same questions that we had put together here. How long does a bunker last? How long might a practice range tee last before it needs to be refurbished? So to accomplish that, Chad Ritterbush and myself visited all of the allied associations. We traveled to their offices. We put the chart down in front of them and we shared what we had put together here as a useful tool. And we asked each organization in the game to think about this and tell us how long they think the range should be for each item. Um, so we gave them time to understand it shared amongst their associations, and then they came back to us with timeframes. And then this was shared from association to association throughout the game. And eventually we got to a point where everybody agreed on the life expectancy for irrigation systems. Um, so with, with this put together now, we were able to publish this chart in 2006 with the logos of all the associations on the bottom of it to share this with each and every golf course. So it's been a great tool, Mark. I think um, 
golf courses are using this. PGA professionals, superintendents, club managers are, are using this to help upgrade and improve and operate existing golf courses. And I don't want to uh, short shrift the, uh, the, the uh, listing of those associations. Uh, if you look at today's chart uh, at uh, ASGCA.org under the publications tab, you've got, besides ASGCA, you've got the USGA, PGA of America, the National Golf Course Owners Association, Golf Course Superintendents, Golf Course Builders, and the Club Managers Association. Now, without telling any trade secrets here, Tom, uh, it's not possible to get six golfers to agree on any one <laughs> item at any one time. And here you've got more than a half dozen associations who were able to agree and actually putting some affixed numbers on this. Uh, how challenging was that process for you? Well, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Chad and myself had to, had an opportunity to go to their offices, sit down and talk. And it was, it was interesting. Um, we were wondering, you know, had the game ever produced something like this before? And then the answer to that is no, we've never had a life cycle chart for golf courses. So this was a first thing. It was unique. And there was obviously, you know, conversation concern. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, um, you didn't want the piece to be self-serving to golf course architects. You wanted it to be a tool that everybody in the game embraced. So that's why we shared it. Um, we needed those logos. Um, we need those, the help of our allied associations, our friends in the game. And I think everybody rallied behind this because there was a void. There was a need. I think a lot of people didn't understand that uh, a driving range tee needs to be refurbished after so many range balls have been hit and it gets uneven and unlevel. You know, if you're hitting a lot of golf balls, that's five years before the surface is, is uneven and bumpy and needs to be smoothed up. So, you know, these are good things. It was great for the game to embrace it. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, literally, I got into every office, sat down with the head of these associations with Chad. Chad opened the doors and, and helped us have access. And it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. Multiple trips to some of the groups. We had to go back, as you might guess, to refine the chart and keep tweaking the, the, the age range for each and every item. But that got done. And uh, it's been a great tool for the game. Uh, you know, I really want to thank all of our allied association partners for sharing their logos and, and letting this information out to help golf clubs. My guest is Tom Marzoff, ASGCA. Uh, Tom, looking at the chart now, and right there at the top, uh, let me read a direct quote that's there. No two golf courses are alike, except for one thing. Deferring replacement of key items can lead to greater expense in the future as well as a drop in conditioning and player enjoyment. Is it safe to guess that you have said this or something similar to most of your clients at one time or another? Well, of course, Mark, you know, every golf course that you walk on, uh, you know, a trained eye can quickly start to see the things that shine on the golf course, the things that look great on the golf course. And, but unfortunately you can start to see the things that have been deferred or let go or just, the walk of time, the day by day change over time with weather and, and the impact of age on components of a golf course, things start to wear up, wear out. Uh, things start to break down. Um, you hear it from golfers all the time. How come 
when I hit a ball mark on the green, it's soft and the greens are getting soft and how old are these greens and how old is the grass on these greens and all those kind of conversations come up as you're looking at a golf course. So, um, you know, this chart has put a time frame to this and put some exact measurement of that. And it can help all of us who love this game to focus on replacement of the item so that the golf experience around the golf is a quality around the golf. And shifting gears just a bit, Tom, uh, so many golf fans are looking forward to a couple of big events here on the calendar. Uh, the 2020 Summer Olympic Games scheduled for, for Japan have now been uh, uh, postponed to next summer, 2021. Uh, we've also got the Ryder Cup coming up in Whistling Straits scheduled for later September of this year. Uh, I know that you are looking forward very much to the uh, Olympic Games in Japan, but they are also looking forward down the road to a Ryder Cup event in 2026. Uh, can you explain why those two events uh, are so important to you and the folks at Fazio Design? Oh, well, thank you, Mark. Yes, for the Olympics of golf, which has become a, a premier event and, and really helped the game grow around the world, uh, will be hosted, as everyone knows, in Japan. And Tom Fazio and our organization were very fortunate to help out at Kissimagasi Country Club in Tokyo to help renovate that golf course, not only for the, the club in itself, but also with the expectation of knowing that the Olympics were coming. Uh, so that was great to work uh, in that facility and help rebuild, retool that facility and get it ready for the Olympics and working with, again, our allied association golf partners that, that put on the Olympics of golf. So, you know, sad to hear that the Olympics have to be moved from this summer to next summer, but everyone's excited and looking forward to having Olympics uh, and golf showcased in 2021. So um, very fortunate for us to be involved in all that. And, uh, you know, thank you to the members of that club. Uh, the Ryder Cup in 2026, as you mentioned, um, Europe in 2026 will be the host. And we were given a very unique opportunity to be invited by the Mr. J.P. McManus to an existing Robert Trent Jones golf course in County Limerick, Ireland, a place called Adair Manor. Um, J.P. had recently purchased this facility in, tw in 2015 with the goal of someday refurbishing that course and hopefully hosting the Ryder Cup. So our mission, as we were hired, Mark, to help J.P. and his family at Adair Manor was to plan for and put together the thoughts that are needed for a golf course to host this type of an event, large scale event. We had a nice opportunity to work with the European tour who manages the Ryder Cup when it's played in Europe and had uh, through a, a JP McManus's acquaintance, Mr. Paul McGinley, who's a past Ryder Cup winning captain, Paul was brought in to help us understand the golf course, understand the needs of the Ryder Cup, since he was a, a great winning captain. And so we got the chance to walk the golf course with Paul McGinley and understand the needs for the, the spaces that this event calls for, the, the stadium first tee, the grandstands down the sides of the holes, the sky boxes that wrap the finishing holes. All of that was helped through Paul's eyes to teach us about the needs of this event, the infrastructure, of the event and and then Podrick Harrington was brought into the team Podrick three-time major champion Irish star golfer 
and and the upcoming captain of the team here in in 2020 for Europe when they play at Whistling Streets, Padraig got involved from a design standpoint and. What a great opportunity in our lives, Mark, to, to be able to be involved in this project, to walk the golf course with these legends of Irish golf and create great golf holes for match play and, and also put in the infrastructure around the perimeter of the golf course. Um, so very unique opportunity. That golf course was was built in 2016 and 2017. It opened in 2018. It's this week, uh, it's in its second year, celebrating its birthday this week at Adair Manor, two years of playing golf. And we were so happy last year, last summer, when we heard the news that it was awarded the 2026 Ryder Cup. So great time ahead for Europe, for uh, Adair Manor, County Limerick, and we're so excited to be a a part of all that. Thank you for asking, Mark. And one follow-up question on that, Tom. Uh, so, so much work is done at the course, essentially a new course there in Ireland. As you mentioned, it's now been two years since you had, uh, finished the work on it. Can you picture, can you try and figure out where the course should be or where you want it to be six years down the road so you've got a sense? As you were walking the course as it was being constructed, what this might look like at that time, eight years down the road. Can you can you envision that? Does that play a role in the design and construction? Well, it certainly did with the input of Mr. McManus in 2015 and coming out right out and stating, this shall be a golf course that someday could be worthy to host the Ryder Cup. That was our charge. That was our mission. And you know, we've worked on a lot of championship golf courses here in the States, and we understand the needs for large events. And um, we were charged with drawing a plan before we started, Mark, for this event. So it was put to us by European Tour to draw a plan for this event and present it to them and then let them adjust this before the construction actually started. So in the fall of 2015, we literally looked at the golf course, made some decisions and started, obviously some greens had to move to allow rooms for the wraparound sky boxes that are part of this event. And we needed to retool this golf course to get length. So the tees had to move. So we, we, you could envision what the, how the golf course needed to shift slightly to allow the spaces to happen. But then we drew, the, we drew the, the roping plan. The gallery ropes were drawn on the plan. The crosswalks were positioned. Where would the gallery cross and how do we get from hole to hole? The bus drop-off area had to be laid out in a part of the facility. Large site, 850 acres, plenty of land to put on an event like this. The Ryder Cup stage, where would it go? How do you program that? Um, so throughout the whole golf course, this was drawn onto the plan actually included in the ground electricity conduits so that the skybox could plug in and the facilities for food and beverage could plug into power on each and every golf hole. We actually put in fiber optic conduit cable for television cable with pull boxes on the proper side of the hole for cameras. Every 75 yards, you can open up a box, plug in a camera, plug in electricity, to plug in the golf tournament and, and showcase this great golf course to the world. So uh, never done that in our lives before, Mark. That was the first time we'd ever seen 
um, this type of infrastructure be pre-programmed for an event and go into the ground. So this plan was drawn in advance. It was given to Keith Pelly of PGA, excuse me, of the European Tour in December of 2015. And Keith was added there, reviewed the plan with Mr. McManus, Paul McGinley, Padraig Harrington. Revisions were made. And then that became, okay, let's build this plan. And, and off we went. And uh, a great experience. Wonderful detailed information, Tom. It's fascinating. It'll be interesting to, to watch the evolution uh, of that property as we as we head down the road here in the coming years. Uh, this is the last note, Tom. How can people get in contact with you for more information about what we've talked about here today uh, or about your golf course architecture work? Sure. Thank you, Mark. I can be reached on Twitter at at Marzoff underscore Thomas, on Instagram at Marzoff Tom, on our website at faziodesign.com. And again, my email, if you want to reach out to me, is tmarzoff at faziodesign.com. And also, you can reach myself and, and any of the ASGCA members through our association website at asgca.org. I guess it's been Tom Marzoff, ASGCA. Tom, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Mark. And as a final note, the life cycle chart, as we were talking about earlier, can also be found at ASGCA.org under the Publications tab, and that's a free download. That concludes this episode of the ASGCA Podcast Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. Thank you for listening, and please join us again. Until next time, so long.